1: Hello, listeners. Uh, this is uh, going to be an irregular but slightly different podcast that we're going to produce. Uh, Mike and I will. <clears throat> and it comes from a listener suggestion. Uh, actually, I think a couple of months ago, I uh, received an email from John who said that, uh, you know, uh, sometimes uh, it'd be interesting to hear about some of the differences between the way things are done in Germany and the United States. And, uh, you know, Mike and I thought about that a little bit. And we actually introduced an episode that sort of tried that out. It was episode number 39. Uh, and I think it was called uh, Trying Something Different, where Mike and I sort of talked about uh, current events, uh, various different ways governments do things in the two different countries, just the cultural things, et cetera. And uh, we got a pretty good reaction to that. Uh, it's one of our more highly listened to episodes. So we thought we would continue that. And uh, so we will record uh, various different uh, things that Mike and I talk about. And this really is uh, turning on the record button before we typically do. So, you know, Mike being in Germany and I'm here in the United States, um, when we first get on to our call with each other, uh, we chit chat for 10, 15, 20 minutes or so. Uh, And then we dive into the episode and that's when we hit the record button. So, so now what we're going to do is hit the record button as soon as we connect with each other. And uh, if there's something good in there, uh, we'll release it as an episode. And you can hear it uh, in your podcast if you'd like to listen to it. Uh, and if you don't want to listen to it, that's fine because they will be labeled separately. Uh, we're not going to start another podcast series uh, because we already do two of them, uh, entrepreneurship and the sailing one. So these episodes will just be uh, part of the normal series of entrepreneurship uh, and the uh, sailing episodes, uh, and they'll be interspersed uh, as separate episodes within those shows. So hope you enjoy them. Let us know what you think. Uh, We always appreciate feedback uh, from all of you. Uh, And uh, if you don't like these, then you can easily skip them uh, because they will be separate episodes. So thanks again for listening. Good morning Michael how are you good how are you I'm um, well thanks what's well, new as usual it's of the woods. good to see you uh, what's new yeah. well yesterday was almost 60 degrees here <laughs> oh dear and tomorrow we're That's supposed to have six inches of snow so Oof. Uh, uh, yeah
0: did you get did you get skiing at
1: all yeah yeah we opened uh, they opened up uh, the day after Thanksgiving so late November, and uh, I went up, uh, this week I went up on uh, Wednesday, uh, no, Tuesday, and last week I was up on Wednesday. It was okay. Uh, There's really no natural snow. I mean, it was a little bit, you know, in the woods, but it's all man-made snow, so if it wasn't for the man-made stuff, there would not be any skiing. Uh, It's a slow season compared to last year. But, you know, the COVID stuff is still here, so it's sort of an awkward Ski thing, you know. You're, you're. You need to wear a mask when you're standing in line waiting to get on the lift. Uh, if you're riding the lift with someone else, you need to wear a mask. Inside any buildings, you need to wear a mask. um So it's and I and I think as last year uh, they limit the number of tickets they're going to sell. So they're capping their capacity. Normally they don't really cap the capacity for, uh, at all, but they're going to cap the capacity. As they did last year, uh, so yeah, COVID is still here, big and strong.
0: Were people compliant at the resort? Yeah, for most part. Mountain.
1: Yeah, for the most part. Uh, you know, there's some people need to be reminded, and most of them do it. Sometimes they roll their eyes, or you know, they they give you a look. But for the most part, people are pretty compliant. You know, look, wearing a mask is a pretty easy thing. <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah. if I, if I look at all the things that I need to do, um, uh, that are sort of painless, for,
0: especially for skiing, right. With safety equipment and all the things, yeah. right. You know,
1: it's, it's, it's on the painless end of the spectrum <laughs> when yeah. it, when it comes to things that, that, uh, they're asking you to do. So I just, I myself happily comply. If, if you think I should wear a mask, yeah. fine. I'll wear a mask. No, no big deal. And and they just no, instituted okay. those uh, uh, restrictions now. Here in New York State, the governor just came out uh, this week and said, uh, "Anything indoors, you got to wear a mask." And um, unless un- either either everyone needs to be masked or everyone needs to be vaccinated, but you can't mix and match. So you can't have non-vaccinated people required to wear a mask and vaccinated people don't have to wear a mask. It's either everyone needs to be vaxxed or everyone needs to wear a mask. Interesting. Yeah. And then, of course, I think in New York State here, uh, the day after she made that announcement, like 10 or 11 counties came out and said, we're not going to enforce that because we don't have any resources to enforce it. Basically, you know, the, the state, left it up to the counties to enforce it. And they're going, how are we going to enforce it? (laughs) You know, uh, you know, and, and here again, it's, it's this, it's this interesting thing that happens here where, where we, we bat the tennis ball back and forth across the net. You know, we, at at the federal level, we want to do this shot mandate, but we're going to require corporations to enforce it and do it, (laughs) you know, at the state level, we're gonna require masks, but we're gonna let the counties figure out how to enforce it. Well, the the state controls the state police. <laughs> you know why don't they have the state police enforce it? You know, so it, it's right. it's this interesting sort of. I I wanna I wanna I wanna get this done, but. I don't want to be the bad guy in the situation. I want to let someone else have to be the strategy, bad guy. Strategy,
0: formulation, and implementation, right? <laughs> it's been, you know, we've been writing about that as academics for 50 years, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Chandler, I think it was, in, you know, like 1936, right? It was like, yeah, you have to, um, it's one thing to design the strategy. It's the other thing to implement it. And even the best strategies, uh, poorly implemented, are useless, yeah. So we need to go back to basics and just all right. Develop the strategy. Implement the strategy. It needs to be aligned. And you know, here we never went away from indoor mask mandates. Yeah. Been in place the whole time.
1: Yeah, and and so in Germany, is it is does the government take an active role in sort of? I mean, here we in the United States, we 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 do a lot of things where we ask companies corporations to do things right i mean the mask mandate at the federal level health insurance is fundamentally provided by companies yep. right? and, and and so there's a lot of things a lot of things that are enforced by your employer or provided by your employer uh, is it the same way and is it the same way in germany
0: so health insurance is not as completely separate so it has no tie whatsoever to your job other than work a lot of jobs pay um give you subsidy will pay so like for um now i have a different setup because i'm a, in the civil service but if you're just generally a regular employee um some companies will pay for um part of the premiums that you pay or all the premiums that you pay so uh, depending on your income level so um so that's kind of interesting as a as a benefit. But but in general, no, it's not it, it isn't flat out. Let me let me go back a step. It's flat out. Empl- the the companies have no responsibility for health insurance at all. Um, as far as things like vaccination mandates and things like that, so here we're not even allowed to ask if employees are vaccinated. So it's a very different approach. It's very hands-off. Um, there are some, um, categories of workers where I think they can, but it's specified, Mm. right? And then the employer, I guess, would enforce that, but eh, it's, it's pretty cut and dried. It's not right. It's yes, the government says this, and this is your job. And so this is what you do. Um, the, a lot of the mandates here. So we've got, um, in store so grocery stores and drug stores anybody can go in right now here but anything other any other retail besides for that bela so a clothes store a sporting goods store i had to pick up a picture frame last week so i went to the art supply store and those are you must be either vaccinated or have here when you get if you get covid you go you go to the Hospital. You go to the doctor at least. You don't have to go to the hospital, but you go to the doctor, your family doctor, and everybody, of course, has one because everybody has health insurance, right? You go to your doctor. Your doctor checks you out and gives you a piece of paper, okay? And that piece of paper says you have COVID, and you go back um, after you're recovered, and you get another piece of paper that they check you, right? And they say you have recovered from COVID. So that's good for I don't know six months. I forget for about a certain period of time, right? That you've recovered. So you either have your vaccination. Um, you mine is on my phone you can get a little card there's a paper book but some format you show your vaccination you show your id and again everybody must have an id here it's not like the the us where it's your driver's license everybody has a a identification card it's separate from your driver's license you must get one so you show that you show your vaccination or your letter um and and then they let you in and the store enforces that so at the checkout they've kind of built little booths and uh kind of you pass through and they say before you go in make sure you have your mask on make sure you have your certificate and your and your ID right yeah. and you go in and you show it they check they scan everything's got a code they scan it it comes up matches your license and you go takes i don't know 15
1: seconds yeah right yeah
0: but everybody in that store is vaccinated or recovered certified yeah. right yeah. i'm sure there's you know, there's been a few small fakes, right, where people have faked it, but the vast majority of, at least where I live in Germany, is highly compliant. So the work, so the companies enforce that. So I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. That's a long answer to a short question, Bela. So yeah. there are some where the where the companies enforce it, um, but there's other things where they don't need to, to worry about it. And even like sick days, there are no sick days. And as long as you have a letter from your doctor, you don't go to work, and they don't want you to go to work, yeah. right? Because they don't want you to get other people sick. Yeah, yeah. And if it gets to a certain amount of days, I forget exactly what you go over to the government's um, disability short-term disability program. And so again, and then it, you get paid, but it it doesn't come out of the the company's pocket. Yeah. So it's just a whole different mentality um, toward these things. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's better or worse, but it's different. Yeah. You know, you're. I totally sure. agree with you. It's different.
1: Well it's it's interesting. I mean I
0: think it's better cuz I moved here but I mean yeah. you, I, I see arguments on both sides.
1: Sure. Yeah, there's some things that some people will find better and other things that, that people will find sure. not as good. But it's interesting Different
0: strokes for different folks and that's why people move, right? <laughs> right. To, to go live in a place where it's more aligned with their preferences.
1: So it's interesting that that there in Germany they sort of give you credit for having covid. Right? They yes. they assume that you've got some antibodies. And they're giving you credit. And it looks like the vaccine wanes too, right? That's the whole reason we're getting boosters and all that stuff. Um, So that's interesting because they haven't done that here as far as I know. A lot of people have talked about, well, they should, but they they haven't. Because a lot of people have had COVID. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Interesting.
0: And, and they're always kind of adjusting. So like at first they said boosters for six months. And I, I said, I read the same thing in the U S but you know, they do adjust these time windows too. So they said, sure. okay, um, it was six months and then they changed to five months. And, um, so we just got ours last Saturday. Um, and I had to go and I had to go to the pharmacy. Okay. And we have these cool pharmacies here. They're not like, they're like old school pharmacies. We have a we have a drug store, which doesn't really sell, which has no pharmacy. And that was where you can buy like bed and or bath products and shampoos and hairspray and toothpaste and all these things. Right. Um, but they don't do, they don't do prescriptions in these stores. Okay. If you want to get any kind of medicine, you go to the, to the apotheca, to the pharmacy, and they have a few little kind of specialty products that are more expensive, but you can't buy like mouthwash, you know what I mean, right? Or you can't buy normal toothpaste. They have all of the specialty toothpaste. And then if you have a, and so there's some things, and then there's two classes of these kind of medicines, right? So there's one class that the pharmacist can prescribe you. So you you can go in and say, oh, I've got a cold or I have a backache or, right, I have this thing on my fingernail or whatever. And they'll look at it and they'll say, how long have you had it? They'll ask you some questions, right? And and then they can give you, there's a whole set of drugs that they can give you. You can't buy off the shelf, but you don't need to go to the doctor for it. You don't need a doctor's prescription. Yeah. yeah. Some of these are like herbal homeopathic medicines and some of these are medicines that are definitely over the counter in the u.s and some of these are definitely prescription but kind of light prescriptions i guess right in the u.s yeah okay and then your doctor gives you a, a receipt a prescription um also and then then you can take it in and get it filled um but there's no like refills. Like I think you just can go back and I say I need another one and they give you another one unless it's something yeah. you know, narcotics or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. And then, you know, you, you pay for, so it depends which kind of insurance you have public or private. And my wife is public and I'm private and that's a whole nother long story. But, you know, she would just go in and show her insurance card and then walks out with the medicine. There's no money exchanged. Yes. You know, for me, I have a little different system. I have to pay, and then I get the receipt. But I, the receipt is printed right on the the codes printed right on the the um, the prescription. They give it back to me. They fill it. I scan it with my phone, and a week later, the money goes directly into my bank
1: account. Yeah, yeah. So you you went there to get your booster. So did you have to go to the
0: so so I had to get I had to get the piece of paper. Um, so it's interesting. I went to a sometimes the the first time I went the to get my first my second second vaccination i got the paper there um and that was at the big local vaccination clinic and this time um if you go to like a doctor's office or a small clinic like i did they you just take your they just give you your a little paper thing and you take it to the pharmacy and for free and then they validate it for you so now it's in my app and if you if i show it um and it's recognized everywhere as It's got a QR code that they can scan and they, and it pops up and says, yep, it's good. And here's the information and they check your license and it matches up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Interesting. Interesting systems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we have a a hodgepodge of all those types of things here, as you can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. It's much more states and various different counties and municipalities. And it's, it's a real hodgepodge. Now you said you, you and Sandy were thinking of coming uh, back to the United States for the holidays.
0: Yeah. So we have flights uh, Tuesday. So today, just if we're if people are listening to this, it's December 17th, Friday, and we've got flight uh, on. Well, I guess that would be the 22nd Tuesday Mm -hmm. to stay for two weeks. What's your read? So everything is changeable and refundable. um, Right. So there's assume there's no financial cost to saying, okay, we're just going to move these to the spring. Right. We can change the tickets to March or something like that. Right. What's your read? So the, and we're going to Michigan, which has one of the highest rates, right? We're going to Michigan, and then I have tickets to fly to Florida to go see my mother, right? I'm going to my in laws. Yeah. So Michigan's got one of the highest rates, and Florida, the last I read was okay, but they're going up.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's waves of this uh, going all over the place, right? We've we're pretty high here. Uh, Hospitals uh, have hit ninety percent capacity, so they've started, um, they have started canceling elective surgeries. Now, when you say 90% capacity, um, it's, it's a little, you gotta be a little careful here. Uh, hospitals are one industry that has required individuals to be vaccinated. And most of them have not, again, it's, it's the hospital doing this, not the state or the county or the, or the government. And um, many of those hospitals have not given any types of exemptions for that. So many hospitals have lost people. So we, we got this double thing going on. We got this staffing. Sh- we we've had a nursing shortage here for years, and and now we've have have not only just a nursing an, an additional nursing shortage because we've lost some nurses and other staff people as well because of their refusal to get a vaccine for whatever reasons. Right, that's their choice. And then this bump up in COVID uh, cases going up, which predominantly appear right now to be Delta. The Omicron thing hasn't really hit in any mass here, and it's uh, what I've been able to discern is that about seventy percent of the hospitalized population is unvaccinated, and about thirty percent are vaccinated people. So that that seems to be the ratio, approximately, uh, you know, probably plus or minus five percent on that, from what I've been able to to kind of dig up and and try to f- understand. Um, so the unvaccinated percentage is a re- is a significant percentage of that. Uh, so I think if you're if you're boosted, I haven't seen any data that talks about boosted people and you know what their sort of susceptibility is. I, I think my concern, if I was traveling internationally right now, w- would not really be if I'm going to get COVID or not. Particularly if I'm boosted, it would be can I get back to my home country? In mm-hmm. other words. In the next two weeks, is Germany going to close its borders? <laughs> and then can you get back? To me, that's the bigger risk, yeah. right? Not that you, it, it, you're you going to be able to get into the United States, <laughs> right? Because you're vaxxed, yeah. you're boosted. So you can get here. The question is, will you be able to get back to Germany? Is in the next two weeks Omicron or Delta going to take off even more as we get the whole Christmas thing and everyone together for the holidays and we're going to get a big spike, you know? So that to me would be my worry, I think. Can I get back? Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And I also worry about if something happens while I'm there. I mean, you know, I'm healthy, but, you know, if I get a car accident or I break my leg or I slip and fall on the right. ice or, right. you know, because I haven't seen ice in a long time. Right. But, right. <laughs> um, you know, right, if something happens, Right. Or I get strep throat or something, and the hospital, the healthcare system, as you said, is kind of all overloaded. And now, now I'm not, in, I'm not really insured. I mean, I am. I have health insurance that covers travel, right? But I don't have U.S. health insurance, right? Right. right. Um So there's that as kind of my secondary, you know, yeah. right. If something else happens, you yeah. know, I'm a long way from home.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I think yesterday I heard on the news that like uh, uh, it, it appears that COVID. I don't know what strain they didn't really specify as, as ripping through a bunch of universities like Cornell has 900 positive cases. I saw and they shut, they shut everything down, but none of them are hospitalized. Right. At least that's what I heard. Right. Again, the news has gotten, it's hard to get accurate information and know what's accurate. I totally agree. And the same here too. Yeah. Yeah. The news is so noisy. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to filter out what's fact and what's, you know, uh, uh, rumor. So, but anyway, yeah, so that's that's what I guess I would be concerned about, Mike, is, is something going to happen and, and the borders get closed and you can't get back um, or, or getting back will be really difficult. <laughs> right? And angst producing. <laughs> so yeah.
0: And it's a little more challenging because we fly in and out of the Netherlands, out of Amsterdam, because that's, mm-hmm. we live about 45 minutes from the border and there's a nice nonstop, right, yes. from Amsterdam to Detroit, and that's what we take. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's a tough I don't decision. Know. I'm glad. I'm going I don't. to
0: sit down tomorrow and kind of go through the options and. Yeah.
1: I mean, Elaine Al- and I are laying low. I mean, we're we're, you know, basically you see family direct. We see the kids and the grandkids. Yeah. That's it. We don't socialize. Uh, we don't really, we haven't eaten out in a restaurant in two years, <laughs> you know? Uh, so we, we do take home or take out and, uh, but you know, it's amazing. I was thinking about this the other day, how the whole takeout for food has really changed. It's gotta be a significant percentage of restaurants business now. And it still amazes me to this day that it's been two years now, almost, and some restaurants have really figured out how to do it. Man, is it efficient. They have a great app. It works really well. <laughs> it saves your previous orders. You know, if you want to reorder the same stuff, it's like two clicks. It's just remarkable how good it is. And there's other ones. Oh, my God. It's like I, I want to, like, close the app and call them on the phone. The app is so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing to me. Because uh, it's got to represent a significant portion of their business, I would think.
0: All right. And there's already models that work. So how hard is it? Yeah, I how, want it to look just like yeah. this one, right? Just put my logo and my colors on it and my yeah, menu.
1: Exactly. And, and and some restaurants here haven't, haven't even opened. They don't even have indoor dining. I mean, for two years, they've been closed since the whole COVID thing. There's a couple of mm-hmm. McDonald's around here that just i think they're all owned by the same franchisee they have not had inside dining now for you know almost two years
0: and i wonder if they're more profitable
1: it, i mean it, and, and i'll tell you they got drive through down not that i'm a big customer yeah. of mcdonald's but man do they have it down it's boom 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 it's efficient yeah. they have figured it out and other places you go to for drive through, it's again it's painful <laughs> And, you know, M- Elaine will attest to the fact that I, I don't have a lot of patience for waiting in lines. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's just, you know, some businesses have really got it, man. They've figured this out and they realize how yeah. important it is to them.
0: Yeah. And I'll bet you in some ways you can be more profitable. I mean, yeah, you can't upsell and things like that. And you maybe miss some walk-in traffic, right? Or somebody going yep. back for a second right. thing, bag of French fries, right? Right. But you don't have to clean the place. Exactly. Right? You don't have to worry about na- extra napkins and all these things. You don't have to clean the bathrooms. You don't have to, you know, extra staffing, all of these things. I mean, you're just doing one thing. Because really, if you think about it, a typical fast food restaurant, you really have two things going on. And they step on each other, right? You got the sit-down business and you got the drive through business. Right. Right. And they're really two separate processes. They have a little bit of shared overlap with the food prep, right? Um, but you got to figure that simplifies their 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 process, yeah. right? And makes it more efficient. And and they got to be at least from what I've seen, right? There's always a, here at least, right? There's always a line
1: yes. at the fast food places. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh. And and a bunch of them added a second lane or a third lane, right? And they've really been able to crank through more volume, right? And I wonder if that more than makes up for the the sit down traffic, because you got to figure a lot of people are just taking up space, right? They're hanging out.
1: Right? Yes, right, right, right. Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. Right, well, you I, know, I have to take I, the
0: trash out, right? I mean, I wonder what their trash bill. I mean, I wonder what their at, at a typical fast food restaurant what trash removal is every month.
1: Right. right from and, all the packaging that's that's that down because it's all shifted onto the customers, right. right. They're not throwing out all that packaging. Now you are. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, maybe some people are dumping some stuff at, out of the drive-thru eating in the parking lot, but I, I got to think the vast number of people are taking stuff home yeah. and it's no longer the restaurant's problem yeah. to do, to do trash removal.
1: Yeah. It's interesting how, how things have changed and we still do. We still do, um, mm-hmm. uh, pick up food shopping, grocery shopping. And, and here again, I'll tell you, um, Walmart has figured this out. Man, is it does it work well? Their app works really well, and I understand. And I figured out that Walmart uses its employees to go around and shop for your food, and you know, pick it off right, the rather shelves. than the third party. And, and the other grocery chains here use a third party. Mm-hmm. And but there's a difference. I, I tell you, there's a difference. And and, um, you know, so for certain things, we what we've done now is those staple type things that are just, you know, this is the brand we buy, we buy it, it comes in a box, whatever, man, yep. we just we just do that stuff online. And we go we pick it up the, the whole thing, the trip to pick it up and back to our house is is 15 minutes at most. <laughs> You know, uh,
0: And you drive in and then you tell them you're here, right? And you, I yep. mean, I've never done it because we don't really have it here. I mean, yeah. I walk to the grocery store. Yeah. So you tell them you're there. You tell them what parking spot or what your license plate number is. And they just bring it. You pop the trunk, right? And they just put it in.
1: Exactly. It's exactly right. The app actually, you, you tell them when you're leaving your house. So you're actually giving them a okay. little bit of notice.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: You tell them. And, and the app knows, oh, you're here. Tell me what spot. I mean, the app is really smart. Cool. It knows I'm at hey. the store. And tell me what spot you're in, what color your car is. And boom, it comes out, you know, and says, you know, come between when you when you do your shopping, you set up a time.
0: Right. A window.
1: Right. And they allow you to edit it. Right. So we set up we typically set up, a, you know, two days from now. And and it allows you up until I think like six hours before or four hours before that you're actually going to pick it up. It allows you to edit it and change it and add stuff to it. It's really well done
0: nice but they really manage the flow that way and they probably can staff better again this might be better than just people going wherever the heck they want right right. It's too crowded and they run out of stuff right or whatever right now they've got a queue and they can plan their labor better that's right right? and they can plan the flow of people in and out so that things are fluid right which has got to again they don't have to do peak staffing because they know they're getting x percent of their customers are using this drive-through model and they can literally Right. Space it out, right, by having – when are the open time slots, right?
1: Right. Yeah, because they limit the number of slots.
0: Right. And then they even know – I'm sure they've got, you know, now enough data where they can really predict, you know, weeks out, right, what it's going to look
1: like. Yeah. So they don't do stuff like that over there?
0: So mm, the shopping is just so different here. And, again, there's probably other cities. I think – I know they do more. There's a couple of companies, German companies that have – hopped into the the grocery delivery space in berlin and in hamburg some of the bigger cities um in our city we have 300,000 people but in a very small footprint mm. and so um we have a couple of kind of big grocery stores that people drive to right that are kind of more in industrial zones right they aren't in the residential areas yeah um, but then the vast majority of grocery stores are Small, so this we the the footprint is much smaller, and they're more kind of neighborhood grocery stores and the vast majority of people walk to them. We've got some in our neighborhood. there's not even a place to park if you wanted to mm. only biking and walking right to the grocery store and it's small. it's a little bigger. it's probably halfway between like a you know, a big Walgreens and a small you know price chopper or whatever sure. you got up there, yeah, right yep. um and so. You know, some and there's some kind of some different variants of that. So like we live in we live in a bound. One of the things we love about our neighborhood is we have a bounty of grocery stores. We've got within literally a five or six minute walk. We've got two um, kind of like mini Whole Foods. So organic kind of natural grocery stores. Right. Um, we've got one, two, three, four, four. Five, one, two, three, four, five kind of not huge grocery stores, but kind of full-size grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Six. Wow. Within five, within seven-minute walk. Wow. Okay? Um, and two of them, one's Aldi and one's Lidl, right? And you yep. know Aldi, right? Yep, the, sure. The, dis, the discounters. And then we've got um, another brand called Reva, and that's kind of a mid-priced grocery store, um, kind of like a price chopper, I think. You're right, you have price chopper there. Yeah, right? We do. If yep. I remember yep. correctly. Um, But like a Safeway or, a, you know, not a, a super big one, but a kind of a small regional chain yeah. right? um, or national chain. And they have Rave all over Germany. Um, and so and they've made a couple of acquisitions. So there's like four in the neighborhood. And I think two were one and two were the, the the original and two were bought a few years ago. Um, and then we've got these two other kind of regional chains that are those you can ride your bike to. That'd probably be a 20 minute bike ride. Um, but that's where we'll go once a month and do a big shopping and take the car. Yeah. So kind of once a month, we'll do a big shopping and take the car and they have, you know, kind of big parking lot and it's not, they're still not quite as big and they, they are, they do have stuff. Both of these two have kind of stuff and groceries. So kind of like Meyer, if you're in the Midwest or, um, um, you know, like a super target, right. Like when they have, or, or a Walmart, right. Yeah. Where they have both food and stuff, but still smaller than like a super Walmart. Right. Yeah. Um, but they have both, and so those we go like once a month, but twice a week. And our fridge is smaller; like everybody has smaller yeah. refrigerators. We yeah. don't storage space. So we before COVID we went to the grocery store three times a week, and now I do kind of one larger every week and maybe one little small one. So yeah. down definitely down to two or kind of one and a half. Yeah. Um. So so there in that model, and th- there's not much need for grocery delivery and pickup right because everybody's just kind of walking anyways and the stores are smaller yeah um but i do know in some cities there's and there are a couple places where you can do you can do a a grocery delivery but it's not as common yeah i mean as as it is right now Hmm. but it's funny there's no express lines okay It my grocery store and when my mother-in-law maybe i told you the story but when my mother-in-law was here visiting before covid she was she got mad and i'm like what's the matter and she's like there's no express line. And I'm like, the whole thing's an express line, right? Everybody's putting it in their backpack or carrying it home. Nobody's got these, you know, the carts are small right. and nobody's got a full cart. Everybody's got like 18 or 20 items, right? Yeah. I'm like the whole place. And she's like, she looked around. She's like, you're right. right? And I'm like, yeah, it's just a different model
1: of grocery yeah. shopping. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I hope you guys figure out what you're going to do on your trip. Uh, that's not an easy decision, right? It's- what would you do? Or uh, push. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I think that I, if it was Elaine and I knowing how sort of conservative we are about these types of things, uh, we would probably not travel. Uh, there would be a lot of angst about it because family is really important to us, and we really enjoy seeing family and doing all those things. Um, and mm-hmm. we're so thankful that we live relatively close to family right we're, we're, we're 20 minutes from one son and the granddaughters and four hour drive from the other one so that's really it works out well for us but yeah i i don't know i'm i'm just i'm down on traveling i, I don't mean i'm down on it but i'm very cautious about traveling and it makes it makes me anxious. It makes me it makes me nervous. So it's not it's not a an enjoyable thing. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, right? right like I used, it used to be. Yeah, right. I used to love traveling. You're all excited. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I have over a million miles on American Airlines. So I mean, I have traveled a lot, and uh, I used to like it a lot. And now I I just I'm, I'm anxious about it. And I'm nervous about it. You know, even when you're driving, you're stopping at the rest area, and I'm like. <laughs> You know, it's really changed. So, yeah. I don't know. I think this notion of you know, of of life in a community, uh, the the value of that is at least in, in our minds is is increasing, right? As as opposed to this, let's let's take the family and scatter it all across the world, um, which was a model that worked very well and had a lot of advantages. Uh, and it still works, but you have constraints, right? You, you <laughs> Yeah, that we see right. you might not be able to see everyone as often as you like. Right? So, you know, probably pre-COVID you, you might come to the States two or three or four times a year. <laughs> and now it's, you know, maybe once or maybe once every other year. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, I don't when know when we
0: in August we we're in the kind of the 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 well of the yes. of the wave, right? So it was still a little risky, but a lot less than um than than right now. And yeah, and you just, it's hard to predict.
1: Yeah. And I think that, like you said, the risk is for unforeseen events, right? I don't think the risk is that you're going to get COVID, right? You're boosted. I'm pretty confident about that. The risk is the borders get closed or like you said, you have an accident or gets, get something else. And you have to go to the hospital and, uh. ah.
0: And I also, now, you know, all of our direct relatives and our direct friends are vaccinated um but i don't know about boosted and you know the other thing when you're know, I'm, I'm, you know flying through amsterdam airport right and that's where uh, there was that early kind of wave of omicron was detected there and you know i don't want to also carry something i mean i know you know the science suggests that the load is smaller when you're vaccinated but it's still feasible right
1: and oh you're definitely you know, so you're definitely kind of a, a carrier a, if you're vaccinated yeah. that's clear it may be yep. not as th- strong a carrier but you're still a carrier
0: right and that's the third level of, you know, it's not myself so much that I'm worried about too, but I don't want to create a problem somewhere else in the world, right? Right. From right. bringing something from Europe over. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll let you know what decision I make, but I appreciate your wisdom as always. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Well, all right. That was good, Mike. Always good to catch yeah. up.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you're doing well.
1: So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. Let us know what you think. We always like uh, hearing from our listeners. Take care and thanks again.